Where are you from? Back east. From where back east? Different places. <laughs> what is that? What is that? What is it? They're eating her. That wouldn't do at all. Oh, God, that's a bird. And then they're going to eat me. This isn't plans one through eight from outer space. Not the bird. This is plan nine. Oh, how far? This is the one that worked. You got ten. Welcome back to Bad Movie Date Night with Nigel and Caitlin. I am Nigel from AJourneyIntoFilm.com, and with me is my wife, Caitlin. Hey! And that, you just heard, was Caitlin's acting debut. <laughs> no. Everybody give her a round of applause. I feel like, actually, Elizabeth Berkley should get a round of applause for this movie because me pretending... To act as badly as she did, didn't even touch how bad she actually acted out that line. Yeah, that, okay. I mean, we really didn't do it justice. No. You really have to see it within context. I've never seen someone so angry at fries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that drink. Oh my gosh. I'm surprised the straw didn't go through the styrofoam. She's been in Las Vegas, like, what, like, half a day? And this stranger is deciding to be friendly to her, and she says, nope, I'm going to... Overact. I'm going to overact. I would... So this week, uh, if you didn't know, we are talking about Paul Verhoeven's 1995 epic Showgirls, starring Elizabeth Berkley, Kyle MacLachlan, and Gina Gershon. And it is something. It is everything. Now, I feel like before we get really deep into anything, I do need to say, I need to give a little public service announcement at the beginning of this. This movie requires (laughs) multiple drinks to get through it. I don't... I wonder if it takes multiple drinks to enjoy it. I think it does. Definitely to get through it. All that to say, kids should not watch this movie. (laughs) Because they can't drink. (laughs) Because they can't drink. I feel like I need multiple drinks to talk about this movie on our podcast. Yeah, I don't know (laughs) if we could have made it through the podcast on the multiple drinks we had to watch this movie. But I don't even want to talk about it. We have to talk about I it. I don't want to. Look, okay. I do want to say this, though. I wish that we had re- watched this movie a second time because I kind of think I loved this movie. I mean, it was definitely a lot of fun to watch with you, but I don't know. I feel like we did this movie like an injustice. Like maybe we should go back and watch it totally sober. And <laughs> maybe we would love it. Or maybe we would hate it. I don't know what's not to love in this movie or why anything in it you would need alcohol for. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where should I start? Well, okay. So 
let's toss some fun facts about this movie out, and then I want you to kind of just give us your initial thoughts. Okay. This is the only NC-17 movie to receive a wide release in the United States. Mm-hmm. It ended Elizabeth Berkeley's career, more or less. What else was I going to say? Oh, it won several Razzies. Let me see. How many did it win? Uh, it won seven Razzies in 1995. Wow. It was nominated for 13. Oh, how did it not win all 13? Uh, I, I We have to watch every movie it lost to because there's, there's no way. It won Worst Picture, Worst Actress, Worst Director, Worst Screenplay, Worst New Star, Worst Screen Couple... Uh, which is any combination of two people or two body parts and worst original song. I don't know what that original song was. Eventually, it was tied with Battlefield Earth for winning the most Razzies in a single year. Battlefield Earth was a very bad movie. And then its record was broken by I Know Who Killed Me in 2008 with eight and then we should watch that. Uh, I would love that. A Lindsay Lohan erotic noir. Oh, sign let's me do it up. next week. No, we already come know back. we're watching next week. Okay, the week after that, come back. We gotta find it. Um, and then in 2012, the Adam Sandler movie Jack and Jill won 10. Ooh. However, this movie is notable for two reasons at the Razzies. One. It still holds the record for most nominations. Okay. And it was the first time that a director ever showed up to receive his award. Oh. Oh. I feel bad because I don't think he set out to make a bad movie. No. By by any means, he did not. Look. So, so I feel bad for him. It's like his parents told him all his life, you're a good director, you're a good director. And then he made a movie and everyone said no. Yeah, but here's the thing. He is a good director. Uh, what else did he do? He did RoboCop. He did uh, well, what was Starship he Troopers. Total Recall. Oh, okay. Well, then what on earth is he doing with Showgirls? And Basic Instinct, which okay. is what ties me into my next point. This movie was written by Joe Esterhaus, who wrote Basic Instinct. What was going on? Okay, so so where did this movie go wrong, Ben? I don't know. I don't think Elizabeth Berkley was the strongest actor choice you could make no and she I don't believe that she was their first choice I think Jenny McCartney was or Jenny McCarthy was her first choice was their first choice apparently she was in the running the longest until they found out that she couldn't dance okay and then there were several other because that's definitely essential to this movie right um Pamela Anderson, Angelina Jolie. Oh, okay. Well, no. Denise Richards and Charlie Theron also auditioned. Oh, Charlie Theron. Okay. Yeah, it could have been an interesting movie with. I don't really think it was. I I don't blame Elizabeth Berkley. I don't think it was her fault. Elizabeth Berkley is not the problem with this movie. No. 
it's this this is one of those weird movies that comes along where it's like it has all of the pieces to be a very successful movie. Mm-hmm. But then somehow those pieces just don't get put together right through like miscommunication or bad direction or something. And it just turns into this perfect storm of something that's way funnier than it should be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm really trying to analyze that now and try to figure out why this movie didn't work. Right, and because in this this movie really kind of has the Paul Verhoeven uh, signature kind of theme through his work of being an outsider trying to understand America, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the the theme through his movies. Like if you look at RoboCop, it's a critique on capitalism and the militarization of the police. Mm-hmm. And it's all through the viewpoint of an outsider who really, like, no one else can have his opinion of. Mm-hmm. And that's a really fascinating way to kind of look at the world, I think. Drew Barrymore was also auditioned for the role. Okay. Um, Not sure she would have been a great pick either. Yeah. And then Madonna, Sharon Stone, Sean Young, Daryl, and Daryl Hannah, uh were considered for the Crystal Connors part, who was played by Gina Gershon. Okay. I thought she did fine. Yeah, I thought that she did fine. Kyle MacLachlan was kind of odd in this movie. It didn't... I I wonder why he chose to do this film. It doesn't seem like a Kyle MacLachlan choice of movie. It does not. And his career wasn't bad, or he didn't really need to do this movie. So right. I'm curious as to why, but I don't know. Elizabeth Berkley just doesn't seem like she belongs on the same list as half those actors. You no. Named. And I wonder if maybe she was ultimately cast because they could make a big, sexy movie that only a handful of people would be allowed to see for with a cheap star. Yeah. But then again, none of those other actresses were really that big at the time. I mean, especially Denise Richards. How many movies have we seen with her in it? Yeah. From the same era. Not a lot. No. One of the movies on our list, actually. Valentine. So Esther House originally kind of looked at the movie as like a morality tale. And they kind of wanted to show how dancers in Vegas are like victimized and used and raped and all of that stuff and you know that it's not like they didn't do that job yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i mean you're right they did it it's just i felt lost throughout the entire movie yeah it's one of those movies where you can pick apart individual elements Mm -hmm. and kind of see what they're going for but in terms of a story cohesion, it's just not there. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So that being said, did you uh, did you want to share your thoughts? Any additional thoughts that we didn't get to? Um, I mean, I feel like this movie was just a. 
I I don't even know that I have the words to describe it, but I was lost for a majority of the movie. I felt like I didn't understand Elizabeth Berkeley's character. Like, I, I don't know what they were going for with that. I don't know why she was such an angry person. I don't know why she was so on edge and bitter and jaded and all of that. And I also didn't care because they didn't give me a reason to care. Yeah, you really don't care about any of the people in this movie. Nobody. Or like what happens to them. No. I mean, I guess you kind of feel bad for Molly in the end, but... Yes, definitely her. But that's more of like a circumstantial... Right. That's like if you're a human, you would feel bad for her. I mean, if you're a human, you should feel bad for her. You should. Right. Normal, healthy individuals would feel bad for her. Yeah. But... I And I just... I felt like, too, the story was so all over the place that I just... I did I couldn't get into it. Also, but like to be fair though, I don't really like shows about dancing because I mean, not that this was a movie about dancing cuz I don't even know what this movie was about. I think it, but it had wanted just had to a be about lot dancing. of dancing and I just didn't care. Yeah. I was kind of at a disadvantage going into this movie because I just don't get dancing. Right. And then throw a confusing plot on top of it. Exactly. You're and like, "What?" Yeah. Yeah. I think we need to figure out why Elizabeth Berkeley was so angry. Maybe I I really think this movie. I really think okay, sometimes when you take TV stars, uh-huh. particularly sitcom stars, uh-huh. and then try to put them in non-sitcom things, it just doesn't work. Like mm-hmm. their acting is just not for it. And this came right after she was Saved by the Bell was canceled. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever watched Saved by the Bell, but you should go back and rewatch it. All fantastic. All wonderful. I mean, we've talked about Saved by the Bell in here. I can never give enough PSAs about Saved by the Bell. This great is... show. Great characters. All stand-up individuals. But anyway, I digress. Stand-up individuals. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Morris is far from a stand-up individual. He's perfect. He <laughs> is kind of a garbage person. I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. But anyway, um, I actually really like him as a person. Reg- he seems like a very nice person. He does. However, uh, his character on the show, like I would see, I would have a much easier time seeing a male version of this movie with that, with that, uh, <laughs> Mark, Paul, Mark Paul Gossler. Yeah. Then Elizabeth Berkeley. <laughs> well, I don't know if you guys have watched Save by the Bell, but you should definitely at least do yourself the service of watching the episode where Jesse, that's Elizabeth Berkeley's character's name, gets hooked on caffeine pills because I felt like she was like, just got done recording the episode Walked off Saved by the Bell just doing that episode and then just hopped onto this movie. Because she definitely overact. I mean, this is like... Saved by the Bell was supposed to compete with... Actually, I learned this recently. Saved by the Bell was supposed to compete with cartoon TV. 
It was supposed to be a Saturday morning show for teenagers to watch rather than cartoons. It was supposed to be like an adult cartoon, if you will. Well, anyway. Well, they are not wrong in many regards. No, no. But anyway, um, she so in this like lighthearted. I mean, you'd call Save the Bell lighthearted, right? In most aspects, yes. Okay, so in this lighthearted show, they throw in this episode where Jesse or Elizabeth Berkeley is supposed to be addicted to caffeine pills. And it's a very serious episode where she suffers from this addiction because she wants to do well in school by overdosing on caffeine pills. And she misses a big dance rehearsal, ironically. And Zach, Mark Paul Gossler, comes to find her. And he wakes her up because she overslept um, from taking too many caffeine pills. I don't even know how that's possible, but... She wakes up and she is like, I'm so excited. <laughs> and she just starts scream, like scream singing. And she then just breaks down crying. And you're like, wow, Saved by the Bell just took it to a 10 right there. But that's how she was in this whole movie. She was like, Jesse on caffeine pills for an entire, how long was this movie? Like almost two hours? This was longer than two hours. Oh my gosh. It was like, it was too much. It was as if. It was as if, like, something snapped in her in that episode, and then she decided she was going to go to Las Vegas and be a dancer yeah. because school didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, like, if there was, like, an alternate universe yeah, or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'm really glad that you brought up the I'm so excited thing because I, I knew that I couldn't do it justice in the same way you could. Oh, I don't know if I did, but it's a great scene. You should at least... Watch that episode of Say by the Bell. Yeah. The only other thing that I want to bring up is there is a sequel to this movie called Showgirls 2 Pennies from Heaven. Essentially, this mo- what happened was this minor character said, I think there's sequel potential here, ran a Kickstarter for it, and because Showgirls has a huge cult following now, uh, there's actually a documentary that came out this year or the year before called You Don't Know Me because the main character's name is Nomi in it. Clever. Uh, and it's all about how like this movie has connected with people on an emotional level and how people argue that it's better than it is and how it's reached this cult status. And Maybe there's something wrong with me. I think that we should... I wish that we would have watched it before watching this, but I feel like we would not be as much fun as we normally are. <laughs> Because that's the word that people use to describe us. Definitely. Uh, if we had seen it and we started talking about how it's like actually a good movie. I feel like I'm missing something. But, but we'll watch it. Okay. But back to Rena Rifle. In Showgirls, she played this character named Penny. And uh, actually, that's not her real name. What is she? They. So she is a girl. It's Hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her name is Hope. Or at least that's her stripper name. Mm-hmm. That's uh, she works at the strip club that. What was that Nomi strip club's at. name? Cheetahs. Cheetahs. Do you think that's Cheetahs, where Cheetahs Topless Girls club. got their name? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sensing a connection. Uh, so Sh- Showgirls Two 
takes this this girl Penny, whose stripper name is Hope, and it's basically a parody slash the exact same story as Showgirls with this minor character played by Rena Rifle. But does it like explain more? Maybe why she ended no. up there? Oh, okay. Because here's the thing. If you watch the trailer for it, the only other person in it is James. The guy that got her pregnant? Yeah. Okay. And wait, did you say this is a prequel or a sequel? It's a prequel slash sequel slash parody. What? How does that even work? Uh, yeah. Let me see. So yeah, it's called Showgirls Pennies from Heaven. And if you watch the trailer for it, God be with you because... I got 30 seconds in and said, this looks like garbage. Nope. It looks like someone found their dad's Sony Handycam in the back of a closet and said, I'm going to make a movie with this. And look, there is a small population of people who find charm in shot on video movies. More power to you. I cannot do it. If you are that person... This movie might be up your alley. Yeah. Showgirls 2, Pennies from Heaven, will not be featured on this podcast unless we get desperate. Yeah. And I think I saw somewhere that there's a third one that's supposed to come out. Uh, also with Rena Rifle, but um, I did not do too much digging well, on that. her career did not go anywhere. She, okay, interestingly enough, she starred in a movie, a similar movie that came out the following year with Demi Moore and Burt Reynolds called Striptease, uh, which has also been called one of the worst movies ever yeah, made. so maybe it's her. Maybe we're blaming everything on Elizabeth Berkeley, but it's actually her. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of want to watch Striptease for this podcast just to compare the two, uh, because a lot of people say that there are very there are a lot of similarities, but because it doesn't have the same cult following, it's pretty much a terrible movie. Yeah, pass. <laughs> so let's dig into the meat and potatoes of this movie. Yes. So the movie opens with Nomi Malone, Elizabeth Berkeley, hitchhiking to Las Vegas. And this guy picks her up who looks like the sketchiest Billy Ray Cyrus wannabe you've mm-hmm. ever seen. Mm-hmm. And within seconds of this guy talking to her, she whips out a knife and she is ready to stab this guy. I feel like she was aggressive before the knife too. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. But uh, I mean, I don't blame her. She's in the car with a stranger. Right. Some guy she doesn't know. I would pull out a knife too, just to be safe. You know, you kind of really like this whole movie. You do kind of wonder why is she being such a jerk to everyone? And then you kind of get somewhat of a picture of it at the end, even if they don't really explain it to you. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so she's a jerk to this guy and this guy's like, oh, it's okay. Like, you don't have to be worried about me or anything. I'm a I'm a cool guy. Mm -hmm. I can get you a job at one of these hotels because my uncle works there. He gives her some... They get to this hotel, casino. Now, look, the most unbelievable part of this movie is that he finds a parking spot right <laughs> in front of this casino. This is true. He pulls right up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he gives her like ten dollars in quarters. No, he gives he, her cash. He gives her like a little bit of cash to go play the slot machines. Good job. Was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she wins big, mm-hmm. and then proceeds to lose all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then when she goes to find him, she realizes that he took all of her stuff. Which like was only a suitcase. To be fair. Yeah, but it must have had all of her money in it. Yeah, but, like, it seemed like she didn't really have money, so... True. She was hitchhiking instead right. of riding a bus, which seems like the alternative if, you if you're not straight. If you Yes. Right. Uh, she meets Molly, who becomes her roommate, and Molly is, like, this costume designer. Mm-hmm. And then we literally time jump after that scene we did at the beginning. Yeah. Uh... Nomi is working as a stripper. Molly is working backstage on a show called Goddess at the Stardust Casino. Mm-hmm. And uh, Molly goes back stage with her and meets Crystal Connors, Gina Gershon. And you mean Nomi goes backstage with her? Yeah, Nomi goes backstage with Molly because mm-hmm. Molly works there. And they watch this thing, and Gina Gershon's, like, the star dancer. Right. Which, Which, like, that didn't make sense to me. I guess she just has a different costume than everybody else. Yeah, but, like, like, what makes her the star? Like, why couldn't somebody else be the star? Like, they acted like people came from around the world to see her. And I mean, like, maybe people do that. Maybe, like, there's a dancer in Las Vegas right now that's, like, really famous, and people travel around the world to go see but like i just wouldn't do that but okay yeah i mean las vegas does not seem like a place that you and i would go to no this is true uh maybe it's maybe she's like more naked than everybody no and that's I, why I don't she's think famous so. no okay um Nomi starts talking with Crystal, mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, yeah, I dance. I'm a dancer. And Crystal's like, where do you dance? And she goes, at the Cheetah Club. <laughs> and then we see the Cheetah Club, and it's... Trashy. It's like the trashiest strip club mm-hmm. you've ever seen. Uh, she actually decides that she's not go going to go to work that night. And they go to the club, and she meets James who's a bouncer, and despite being a bouncer, he says, you know what, I'm going to just kind of go dance with people. And then she causes a fight to break out. Does she Does she punch a guy? Oh, yeah, she, like, Or she, like, pushes him, him off of her. Yeah, because he was, like, trying to get fresh with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then some guy punches him, mm-hmm. and they both get arrested. Yes. And he gets fired. Yeah. He was like a bouncer of that club. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about James for a second. Worst employee ever. Yes. The second most unbelievable part of this movie is that he gets a job within... Minutes of being out of jail. Literally minutes of being out of jail. Yeah. The Either things in this movie happen way too quickly or... The movie does not establish a firm I know. transition of time. In the first, time. like, five minutes of the movie, we jump to, like, three months later or something. 
Yeah, an indiscernible amount of time. Yeah. They're living with each other in a trailer. Nomi apparently just kind of sits around and eats chips all day. Yeah, that was weird. But she's a dancer. For so. for a dancer, she does she cares very little about her body. Mm-hmm. In fact, 99% of what you see her eat in this movie is a cheeseburger and fries. Uh, fries. Um, okay, so let's introduce Kyle McLaughlin. Crystal and her boyfriend, Zach Carey, Kyle McLaughlin. He is like the producer of the show or something like that. Yeah, I'd never really understood that. I He's, know he owns something. He is a very important person. That they really establish who he is and what he does. He has a convertible, so you know that he's like a big deal. And a dolphin statue. And a cell phone. He has a cell phone? Yeah. You don't remember that? No. Not many people in the early 90s had cell phones. No. So Zach Morris did. Okay, well... <laughs> Look at look at the type of people buying cell phones in the nineties. Right, garbage people. I would not call <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin garbage. No, but his character was garbage. Yes, you're right. Uh, they... Which was also really unbelievable for me because personally, I've never seen Kyle McLaughlin in anything that he wasn't amazing in, and like, like. He just has like a super sweet personality about him. Yeah, but so what about Mr. C believing. in the third season of Twin Peaks? Um, you know what's interesting about that? What? You know that Kyle McLaughlin in this movie looks unnaturally tan. Yeah. Mr. C is also really tan. Maybe that's what it was. So apparently Kyle McLaughlin is this like thing where when he's tan he turns into a garbage person. I could I would believe that if that was real life. It's like an incredible Hulk thing. Like it don't might be. don't let me get too tan. Right. I'll, I'll turn a into jerk. a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't even remember where I was going with that. Sorry. I got no. us really off track. Yeah. I can't wait to talk about the pool scene. I like that scene. Uh Oh, they so Zach and Crystal Crystal. I want to say Crystal, but they saw it's it's spelled like Crystal. Yes. Like the drink, but it's said Crystal. Right. Crystal champagne. Yeah, like Versace and Versace. <laughs> if you heard that, that was our <laughs> cat sighing while he sleeps. That was so weird. Uh, so. They go to the Cheetah Club to see Nomi dance, and it is the craziest strip dance went... I've ever seen. Yes. Real quick question. Do you think they went to the strip club because Nomi was a jerk to Cristal, and she was like, I want to go see her? I was confused why they went there. I think Crystal was attracted to her Oh. and said, I want to tap that. Because Crystal was kind of a little riding that line, if you know what I mean. Uh, Well, now everything makes sense. Everything makes sense Everything. Okay, so we've just solved this movie. (laughs) They go to the cheetah. 
we see the create. Oh, actually, let's back up. Let's talk about the cheetah. Mm-hmm. Not only is it super sketchy, the owner asks the girls for sexual favors all the time. Okay, not sexual favors. Don't call them favors because they're not favors. It's if literally you say, like do this or get fired. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, ultimatums, if you yes, will. Yes. Yeah. But one of the, I don't want to say elderly, but one of the. Oh my gosh, she was my favorite character. <laughs> I totally forgot about her. There's this woman there that she's not really a stripper. She's more like a, a comedian. comedian. But she has this dress that. It's amazing. In which the top flips down to expose herself. But it makes the best sounds in the world. But it makes like a. No, that's not even close. You gotta find it. I'll see if I can find it and insert it. Yeah, it's like a. It's like I don't. It's like a. Yeah, that was closer. I. It's wild. It is wild. But she just makes dirty jokes and people love it. And you're like, you know what? Good for you finding something you enjoy. Yes, she was hilarious. Uh. But you kind of got the feeling that like maybe she co-owned the place or like she was she was the boss girl. Oh, I did not get that. Oh, you no. OK, never mind. She was just an employee. <laughs> no, I thought she definitely was above the other girls. But in like a. Like, I've just been here the longest, like I was the first girl I hired type thing. Oh, like like a seniority thing. Yeah, like like she's put in her time. She's done her share. She's did she did all the sexual requirements necessary, and he just has kind of kept her around. And she definitely seems to have her own specific type of men that come and watch her. So he's just like, I'm gonna keep you here for them. Yeah, it was like they wanted their own Vegas show without being a Vegas show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we watched Nomi do the craziest striptease I've ever seen in a movie before. Mm-hmm. Granted, there are not many movies I've seen with scenes in strip clubs. And this movie painted a very confusing idea of what a strip club was. Uh, Crystal pays for a joint lap dance in the back in which she watches Nomi do a lap dance on... Kyle McLaughlin, uh, which is more akin to flopping around like a fish. Oh my gosh. Like a literal <laughs> fish out of water. Then That's it not is... even as bad as the pool scene though. Oh no, it, it gets worse with the fish flopping. Oh my gosh. Um, also, how would you describe Elizabeth Berkeley's dancing style in this movie? Jerky, flailing. Those are two Someone great words. having a seizure. It was, there were moments where I was concerned. Is she having a seizure? I wonder if she has seizures now because of that. Like, did she do something to herself that like gave her seizures? Because I would definitely believe that. Yeah. She just, it was just very angry dancing. Mm-hmm. She was an angry person though. So. This is true. James is stalking her and sees this going on. Now let's, let's just, let's kind of just get James out of the way for a second. Uh, his plot goes nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. He gets mad at her for doing her job mm-hmm. and giving Kyle McLaughlin a lap dance. 
And But then like, writes a song for her, right? Yeah, he's like, I wrote a song for you. We were going to do something together. And then they, like, they go back. She goes to his place at some point, And then they try to have sex, but, like, she can't. And she leaves. And he feels rejected. So then he hooks up with uh, Penny slash Heather and gets her pregnant. And uh, Nomi goes over there one night and sees that Penny is there. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's the last that we see of him is when he yeah. tells Nomi that she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. Which no, is they're, like, and they're engaged, too. Oh, and he says that we have to be engaged because she's pregnant now. Yeah. Um. But she goes over there because she's excited because she got into the goddess show. Mm-hmm. She auditioned for it. Well, because she pus- pushed Crystal, but that gets later. Well, yeah, that's a later thing. Um, Nomi gets the job. You find out that it's basically because Crystal wanted her in the show because she is attracted to her. Yeah. Um. After, like, a very, um... Uncomfortable audition process. Yeah. Let's Which just is leave probably it true. I mean, it's probably not wrong if you're going to a topless Vegas dance... Right. ...extravaganza. Right. The, the, to further add to my confusion of dance, mm-hmm. there did not seem to be any plot to, to this, this show. Right. At one point, they were in a volcano. It, like, started with them in a volcano. Mm -hmm. And then they were naked. And then there was... There was, like, a BDSM thing. And then there was, like... A hair salon or something? There was, like, a cloud thing. Oh. (laughs) Looked like a hair salon. It was so shiny. A shiny thing. Yeah. There were lots of different things. Themes and it just seemed like there was a lot of running around from one dance routine to the next with no story. Mm-mm. If there was a story, we did not get that story. Mm-mm. Or maybe I'm just ignorant of what dance nope. is. There is no story. Nomi decides that she does not want to be, she does not want to hook up with Crystal. They go out to lunch to practice, or they're going to practice dancing. Mm-hmm. But Crystal's like, let's go get some lunch instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Crystal's like, I want to hook up. And Nomi's like, I don't want to hook up. And then Crystal gets back at her by having her go to, um, this like boat show thing. Mm -hmm. And then her boss hits on her and implies that they're going to do like a prostitute thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And she gets mad and goes to Kyle McLaughlin. I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, and then Kyle McLaughlin, little punk. He calls the guy, the boss guy, whatever his name is, and says like, hey, don't ever do that again. These girls are are to be left alone. And the guy's like, that's fine, whatever. And Elizabeth Berkeley is like, oh, you're my hero. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as she leaves... Comic McLaughlin calls the guy. He's like, Jerry, you SOB, like, I'm just messing with you or whatever. Right. And uh, that's pretty much where that goes. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're missing something, though. I don't feel like we are other than, like, dance scenes. 
Yeah, the dance scenes do take a lot. Nomi decides that she's going to get back at Crystal, so she hooks up with, with Kyle McLaughlin. They go back to his place, and they have sex in the pool. And it is where the, she takes on the personality of a of like a fish. Yeah, if she you, is a fish, she is like channeling her inner floppy fish mm-hmm. with this sex scene, and there is nothing that seems appealing about it at all. If speaking speaking as a as a man. If I was in Kyle McLaughlin's shoes, I would be more concerned for this, the well-being of the individual I was with Yeah. than I would be enjoying it. She was a fish out of water. She honestly looked like she was having a seizure. Yeah. He probably should have, like, stuck a popsicle stick in her mouth just to make sure that she didn't bite her tongue or something. Yeah, you don't do that anymore, but yeah. Okay, I don't know you what You turn someone do. on their side. Okay, well... Make sure they don't hit their head. Not all of us here are in a health profession. (laughs) Um, PSA. Yeah. Okay. There. The more you know. The more you know. People are getting so many PSAs out of this episode. I know. Most of them are about Saved by the Bell, but. Saved by the Bell, drinking and watching this movie, and now what to do when someone has a seizure. Mm -hmm. Because Nomi hooks up with Zach. Kyle McLaughlin. She becomes Crystal's understudy. And then Crystal gets mad and says, no way, Jose. I'm going to get my lawyers involved. You can't do that. And then Nomi pushes her down a flight of stairs in the middle of the show. Mm -hmm. And she breaks a hip. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Nomi becomes the show's lead. Yeah. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Her friend Molly. Yes. Is obsessed with Andrew Carver. This famous rock star, I think I actually, I actually had no idea who he is. I think I think you're right on the money that he is some sort of musician associated with the hotel. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But he kind of, you know, he kind of looked like a little Fabio. I was thinking more like what's his face from um, Aquaman. Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. It's like if Jason Momoa and Fabio morphed into the same person. Yes. That's what this guy would look like. Yes. So Nomi finds out that this guy's going to be at a party she was invited to mm-hmm. and invites Molly. Molly. Molly's like, What up, Andrew? And he's like, Hey, girl, come back to my room. And then because. Apparently he's like really impatient or just kind of a jerk. Just a jerk. That's what he was. But literally the most convincing and most uncomfortable scene of this movie. Right. Uh, Long story short, he rapes Molly. Yeah. It is not. In like a horrible, uncomfortable way, but not as bad as. uh, What's that show we're watching? The show we watched last night. Or the night before. Lovecraft Country? Lovecraft. Yeah, not as bad as... It it wasn't the worst rape that I've seen in a movie. (laughs) Because we've seen a lot of those. That sounds worse (laughs) than I I thought it was going to. Uh, But it is quite violent. And she ends up in the hospital because of it. And Nomi says, 
I'm going to get the police involved. And Kyle MacLachlan's like, no way, Jose. I know what your real identity is. Mm-hmm. And I don't... Oh, Polly? Was Polly. her name Polly? Yeah, that sounds right. Patsy? Patsy, Polly, Patricia. Yeah. And you find out that basically she was a young prostitute way back home in... When she was in foster care? Yes, she was in foster care. She was a prostitute. Uh, her parents died with a murder-suicide. Oh, look, right here in my notes. Polly. I think we were more aware of this movie I know. than what we thought. Um, and basically, Kyle McLaughlin's like, hey, I'm going to blackmail you, and you need to keep quiet about our star rock star raping people, and we're going to give Molly a bunch of money. And um, Nomi is like, uh, you know what? Vigilante justice. She goes to Carver's hotel room, beats the snot out of him. Then she uh, goes and sees Molly, says, hey, I got your back, girl. Who's in a coma, mind you. Yeah, Molly is out for the count. Mm -hmm. She goes to Crystal, says, hey, uh, I'm sorry I pushed you down the stairs. And Crystal's like, I did the same thing whenever I wanted to become famous. And you're like, oh, so this whole movie is just about a brutal cycle that continues over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Nomi decides that she's done with uh, Las Vegas. And you know who picks her up on the side of the road? The same turd face from the beginning of the movie. That's impossible. It is impossible. Unless all he does is just pick up hitchhikers and steal from them. True. Which seems like a pretty lucrative gig for Las Vegas now that I think about it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the movie ends. But I'm confused why she just left her friend in a coma in the hospital and said, see ya. I like, think because... They were really close. They were really close. And you kind of got the feeling that... Well, here's why I think she left. I think she did not grow up by the time this movie ended. I think she was trying to escape her past, mm-hmm. and mm. I think the only way that she saw that she could do that with Kyle MacLachlan blackmailing her was to just leave, because what's he going to do then? It's not like she really did anything wrong. Right. And if they, if Crystal's like, oh yeah, she pushed me down the stairs, well then that's just going to open up a whole nother can of worms that they don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think... Molly's going to get that money to not say anything about Andrew Carver, which is terrible. Yeah. But I think he made a comment that she could open up a dress shop with the amount of money that she was going to get. So, I mean, she was going to get a pretty good life out of it. Well, I mean, she has to live with that trauma. But well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's a whole thing. But let's. I mean, we did not make this movie. If I made the movie, she would have called the cops, but we didn't make it. So I mean, you can't if be she. Mad at us. If if anyone else made this movie, namely Quentin Tarantino, the last there would be she an additional forty him. minutes of this movie, and she would kill everyone. She would kill everyone. Yeah. It would be horrifically violent and spectacular. Could to watch. you imagine if Quentin Tarantino made Showgirls? I need that movie now. <laughs> that I would be crazy. I don't think that he can make that movie. I mean, I don't know. 
as uncomfortable as the eroticism of this movie was in some points, which I think was intentional mm-hmm. because of the just disgusting nature of everything. I don't think that Quentin Tarantino could do it any better. I don't the know. violent parts, like if he came in and was like, direct, like I'm going to direct like, the last just, like little let bit him of this. Do the whole movie, all of it. I would still be curious to see what that movie would be. I think it would be a vastly better movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it probably would. I'd be curious to see it. Curious to see it. Um, what am I missing? What do we What do we want to talk about? I mean. That was it. That was the movie. She literally goes to Las Vegas for what feels like, what, like a week, two weeks, something like that. Yeah, maybe like a week Like and a, a half. short amount of time. And then she leaves after being a dancer for like a week or two. Yeah. And we don't know anyone and we don't get any information about anyone and people keep living their lives and no one learned any lessons. That's, you, that's not, you're not wrong. I think what ended up happening was, is like, you know, we get the story about this girl who thinks that her life is going to be better in Las Vegas, realizes that it's not going to be better, and so she gets out of there. Because and, the uh, grass is not always greener on the other side. Bingo. So she goes to Los Angeles to do, I guess, be an actress? Maybe. What what would you what would someone do if they were trying to leave prostitution? And be Los a dancer. A- Angeles didn't work out. Oh, go to New York. Okay, but she's going to Los Angeles. How do you know that? Because oh, that's where she's going at the end. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Another dancer, but in a different town. Yeah, I mean, this movie does a lot. I mean, <sighs> or maybe she does go to Los Angeles. To be more famous. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she's like, I'm riding that wave because she's a super famous dancer in Las Vegas, so. That's true. Maybe. I don't really know. I don't know how that stuff works. I don't know how it works either. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you kind of already assume that Las Vegas is a horrible, disgusting place. And this movie does a pretty good job of reminding you that it is a horrible, disgusting place. Mm-hmm. And it does seem kind of realistic in that regard. Mm-hmm. Is it done well? Not not really. But is it fun to watch? Yes. It is. And for that, I give it two thumbs up. Yeah. I give it five showgirls. Five <laughs> showgirls. All right. Where are we putting it in our definitive bad movie ranking list? I would like to put it in the top five. I would be willing to put it under Terrorvision. Yeah, I'd put it there. Perfect. That was the easiest decision that we ever made. Well, we're pretty on board with this movie. We are in. It's the thing is like the more I thought about it after this movie ended, and the more we talked about it, the more I was like, I think I loved that movie. Love is a strong word, but I did really enjoy it. Would I watch it again? No. Unless I had drinks to get through it. Would I own it when it comes out on 4K yes. Blu-ray in the next couple months? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. 
I'm actually disappointed that I don't own more Paul Verhoeven movies. Wink, wink, hint, hint. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you have any final thoughts on this? I feel final like we final thoughts on Showgirl. I feel like we hit a lot of thoughts up front, and so we're kind of left with a with not a whole lot with at the end. The story. Um, I mean, my really my only my only final thoughts are. I hope. Okay, I have two final thoughts. I hope Quentin Tarantino makes this movie. That's thought number one. Which is not going to happen. Right. Thought number two is that I wish someone would connect this to the I'm so excited scene in Saved by the Bell. Well, it can be your own headcanon that this is what happened to Jesse at the end of Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Maybe she was on her way we, to a wedding in Las Vegas. We did talk about that, didn't we? Yeah. So the very last Saved by the Bell thing is a TV movie which also we should talk about on this podcast because it is. Well, should we talk? I mean, it's a good movie. Okay, look, all I'm going to say is this. Zach loses all of his wedding money on the way to Las Vegas, and his solution is to become a male prostitute. I mean, it's sound logic. He knows where the money is. No, because this is why it's not sound logic. <laughs> because he... He's doing it because he doesn't want to tell Kelly that he lost the money. Right. Which is a great way to start off a fresh out of high school marriage. No, no it wasn't high school. Oh, I, that's right. They had the college years. Right. So. Okay. And then Jesse only shows up for the wedding at the end. So maybe. She was busy doing. You know, which ironically, they all are dancers in Wedding in Las Vegas. Yeah, so... Uh, Maybe they ran into her on set. It's possible, even though... Arguably, think... Screech was a better dancer in Wedding in Las Vegas than Elizabeth Berkley was in Showgirls. Let me find out when Wedding in Las Dustin Vegas came Diamond. out. Dustin Diamond. What a winner. 1994. So this came out the year... That came out the year before Showgirls. Okay. So it's not unrealistic. You know what about. movie I would talk about on here that does involve Sailor Bell? Hawaiian style. Hawaiian style. Okay. From what you tell me about it, Wedding in Las Vegas sounds much worse. Zach literally gets involved with a woman who has a child while he's in high school. This isn't even the college years we're talking about. This is high school. He gets involved with a woman who has a child and then says like no I'm gonna stick around I'm gonna stick around she allows him to meet her child and then he goes you're right I'm not mature enough for this bye after literally saying to that girl I'm gonna be your dad and that's why I just want to point out that uh, Zach Morris is a in that person. movie also he willingly negotiates Kelly to go try to get it on with this business guy to help save her grandpa's hotel and says, like, you don't actually have to go all the way. Just, like, tease him. That was a bad episode. They should have fired that writer. You're getting me all worked up. I am getting you all worked up. This isn't about Saved by the Bell. I know. It's, it's you know, we should probably start subtitling our podcast, Bad <laughs> Movie Date Night slash... 
or Caitlin rants colon, about Saved by the Bell. Caitlin rants about Saved by the Bell while Nigel make fun, makes fun of it. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, do you want to tell them what we're doing next week? <gasps> next week, we are doing one of the worst movies in history. Grease 2. Dun, 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 dun. I love Grease 1. I think Grease 1... I mean, no, I don't think. I know Grease 1 is a good movie. And if anyone argues differently, they're wrong. But Grease 2, I'm willing... I mean, I'm not willing. I am openly saying I hate that movie. It is the worst out of the two. And I'm a little bit upset that... What's her face? Joan? Paul Shear's wife. June Diane Raphael. June. That she was like supporting it when they did it. I was very sad to hear that because no one should support this movie. No one. It well, is it is don't don't it's get it's bad. Don't get too passionate about it now. <gasps> We're gonna have a whole hour to talk about it next week. You know it's gonna go under um uh it's gonna go under what was that shark movie? The Meg. It's going to be under the Meg. You can't rewatch that movie. You can't. It's not enjoyable. Okay. <laughs> I'm starting to get worked out. Save it. Okay. I like how the Meg has become like our standard for like the worst movies on this list. Uh, anyways, like I said last week, we are not on social media anymore. So tell all of your friends about it. Send them a text with a little link to Apple Podcasts. Or I got us hooked up this week, so we are now on Spotify. We've been on Spotify. We're now on Pandora. We're now on TuneIn. We're on Alexa Radio or whatever that nonsense is. But are we on the Anchor app? We are not on the Anchor app. Uh. Hey, that was a really great transition because I was going to let you know about a super cool podcast called Mornings with Ken. (laughs) If you just kind of want to listen to someone ramble on for about 45 minutes while you drink your coffee... This is the show for you. Sometimes an hour and like 45 minutes. Oh my gosh. If you like if you like someone and if you like people who want to reminisce about 80s music from their childhood where they play music clips and talk to you about it, this show is for you. So grab a cup of coffee, sync up Mornings with Ken. Highly recommend listening to it on the Anchor app though, currently. Uh, just so that you get those little extra music bits in there, because it is not included if you listen to it elsewhere. Yes. Uh, and that's all that we have to say about that. I promise it'll make your mornings brighter. It will. It's, it is enjoyable. <laughs> and with that, we will see you next week. Bye! Bye!